This is Betty Collins, and we are Inspiring Women, presented by Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women towards economic, social, and political achievement. I am here to inspire you to take steps to the next level in your career. Thanks for listening and investing your time in yourself. More about Inspiring Women in this episode can be found at bradyware.com slash resources. So today I've chosen kind of an interesting topic. Maybe when you hear the title, you'll understand. Politically savvy. Oh yes, politics. You know, today it's always had a negative tone, but in today's environment, wow. um, Just not good, right? But you know, if you take politics and and politically correct or just say politically savvy, uh, maybe I'll get you to listen. Politically savvy, the why and the how. I will tell you, is it really necessary? Because some people really don't like that idea of that. I'm going to say a firm yes. If you truly want to get where you want to go, you've got you've to learn the art of being politically savvy. So let me set the stage. The term politics is based on words poly and ticks. Poly meaning many. And ticks meaning blood-sucking parasites. Totally fits in today's um, environment, right? It's why we don't like it, maybe. I don't know. But whenever people's priority, their values, and their interests come together, chances are some type of politicking is going to take place. So where are your priorities right now? Can you easily define those values? Hopefully it should be quick. You know, what are your interests? So yeah, you know, it's necessary if you're going to make sure that those priorities, value, and interests are really going to become reality. Being politically savvy just might have to be in order. But no matter where, you know, your office, family, maybe you, maybe you volunteer at a nonprofit, you're involved in your local community, talk about politics, right? Politics, politicking, it's just inevitable. And they involve intentional acts to you and by you to influence and enhance, you know, protect those priorities and those values and interests. So we're going to talk about today. So yeah, it's necessary to be politically savvy, to have as the best desired outcomes that you're looking for. I think the major intention of office politics is about, it's about positioning yourself. It's about vested rights. That can be dangerous. Maybe resources and careers, influence and power. And when all those things are done the right way, it can be really amazing. And when it's done the wrong way with wrong motives, though, it can be pretty dangerous. So be careful when you're talking and wanting to position yourself, investing yourself and tapping into resources, advancing your career, which can all lead to some good influence and power. Political savvy is the only way to go, and it's a positive connotation. Yeah, it's necessary. My opinion, totally. The true secret to being politically savvy is that it's a secret skill. To be successful, if the best, it, it's the best trader ability to have that's just kind of natural, and, and you don't talk about being politically savvy, and nobody talks about it. You just is, it's, who you, it's, it's who you are, and it's how you can, can work the room and work the situation to do what you need to do. Navigating an office or, you know, an organization, even your own household, you know, you got to get comfortable with ambiguity. You know, those unknowns, right? You got to get comfortable with some alliances, 
Not everyone is easy to align with and be authentic with. That's why you got to be political savvy, by the way. You know, the thing that we don't really see a lot in today's politics is, is those things that people are trying to come together with. But with practice, you know, you can decipher what is often unspeakable and not easy um, if you decide the right course of action. And just a side note, authenticity is not telling the truth without spilling every single your gut every single time. That's not in authenticity. But truth always wins and it doesn't have to be dramatic. So as we talk about political competence today and being politically savvy, really political competence is the ability to understand what you can and cannot control. You've got to know when you take action. And you've got to figure out who's going to resist your agenda. I remember it uh, being in a class once for CPE, and it was a long, long time ago in my career. And she was such a dynamic speaker. If you can imagine, all of us really love talking about managing compilations. Okay, not an exciting subject. But she all, I never have forgotten this for her. She said, always figure out who's going to resist what you want to do when you're managing. Always figure out and be prepared for it because it will happen. So I've always remembered that advice from this woman that I couldn't even tell you who it is on compilations. How exciting. You have to know who's on your side. Absolutely. You know, there is that saying out there, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. So there's some truth in that, but you really do have to know who's on your side, who's in that circle that will help you through it. And then you have to know about how to navigate through the the map, the political terrain where you are to get others on your side. So, you know, I've said a lot of things that you probably already knew, but being politically savvy is really, you know, for me, I've got to make sure that if I'm going to get what I want or I'm going to get what I think the organization needs or do what's best and align my values and, and all those things, I've just got to learn this skill set. So how do I do that? And I'm going to give you some hows today. Here's the number one. Think before you speak. <laughs> Let me say that again. Think before you speak. You know, to be truly politically skilled, you've got to have some impulse control. Even over this past weekend, I had a situation where I got a, a Facebook message, PM, whatever it's called, and it was a very, I could have taken that message a hundred ways, but I stepped back and said, nope, I'm going to think about this and try to not hash it over all weekend, but before I speak, I'm going to take my time. It kind of paid off because when I actually had the conversation and stepped back and wait for a real conversation, not a text, it turned into something different. So you need to choose your organizational battles wisely, you know, those conversations, and size things up before you decide how you're going to present to others. You have to consider whether or not to voice a thought or a feeling, and timing is everything. Have you ever seen someone try to get something done because they're passionate, they want to do it, they're ready, they're prepared, it's just not the right time because the person maybe or the situation they're trying to change, it's not, time, it's not a good time. You know, you got to think before you speak and you got to think there's going to be a time when I can do this. You have to consider that your communication of yourself, your ideas, your opinions, sometimes look back and see where you said something and in that prior time it worked. And Learn from that probably it was the circumstance and the timing that made it work. 
The result that you can have can be pretty ideal if you wait and think and before you speak. And you, chances are you're probably not going to go off and be real rogue <laughs> or the situation goes rogue and you definitely are politicking at that point. But the, re- the results are likely to be more positive when you think before you speak, especially when it's not something simple, especially when it's something that could be controversial or it could go either way. And it, it, so be careful. Two, you got to manage up to some point. When you are savvy, you must be able to skillfully communicate with the layers above you. What does layers mean? Doesn't sound very fun, does it? But it's your boss, the supervisor. Sometimes I'm referring to even higher up decision makers. Your boss might not be the decision maker. But then you have to look at that layer and say, boy, if I go to his boss or her boss, is that going to be good? So you got to figure out how to manage up to a point. I was just in a meeting where there were two people with the same position, and they both had such different approaches. They both managed up, but to to one really did it to the wrong person, and one did it to the right person. And that person who knew skillfully enough to go, hey, think before you say, say it well, that person was making such more headway than the other person over here thinking, I've chosen the right person. I'm going to work the room over here and I'm going to, I'm going to be savvy on this side and the right person to be savvy with. So you have to think about those things. Also, political skill involves maintaining good relationships with people, though, in the entire organization. You're only as good as that team around you. We always hear that. Um, so I'm not saying put all your all your um, energy and your resource in layers above you because if you don't have the layer below you that makes it all work as well, you may ne- end up neglecting that entire team around you. So you know when you're trying to be politically savvy, trying to work through your family organization, your church, your community office, your careers, think before you speak and manage up to a point, make sure everyone around you that's involved is treated well, because those people may, they may one day rise up above you. You never know. You have to practice influence. How do you do that? I mean, what does that really mean? Because my next podcast is on influence and becoming that. So effective influencers, uh, they build strong interpersonal communication and relationships, and they have good rapport with other people. When you are skilled politically, Politically savvy people are comfortable with those interpersonal communications and skill sets. That can be something that's very intimate setting. It can be something that's one-on-one, but you have to practice that influence. There's a really good saying that sometimes influence is like a savings account, though. The more you don't draw out, the more you have. So sometimes throwing influence around doesn't help you. I really got to witness somebody who's very good at influence and being politically savvy and having really good impact, and that would be Caroline Worley. She's an attorney in Columbus, Ohio. She has helped tremendous amounts of women's organizations start from scratch, get them going. And what she really does well with those things is she connects people to the right people because she is a very connected person. She practices her influence, but you don't even know it. You know, she's bringing those people in and she's, she's making sure that they are connected to the right thing for the greater good, not for Caroline Worley necessarily. It's okay that sometimes it's for Caroline Worley, right? But she practices that influence in all kinds of situations and areas in her life. People who practice influence, they tend to have some good judgment about when they assert themselves. 
and that results in cooperative relationships around them. So skilled influencers are not always overly political. They just know how to play the game. Don't you hate that? But it's true. There are people out there who really know how to do that. Number four, this could be an entire podcast. Hone your power of perception. Don't you love the person in the room that has no idea? (laughs) They just don't. They think they do, but they don't. So I love number four. What a statement, really. It's an action or trait that is key to being skillfully, politically savvy. You have to understand that when you can know what's going on and be perceptive, there is power in that. Again, that's an entire podcast. One day I was in a meeting and um, room full of great people and I walk in and, and they said, here's your meeting. And I sat down and, and um, I'm pretty personable. So I start talking to everyone because, you know, I think I, I'm in the right meeting. I have no idea that I'm completely in the wrong meeting until I realized and I said out loud, I'm in the wrong meeting. Everybody laughed because there's probably a dozen people, but they were very entertained. But it didn't dawn on me till probably three to five minutes into this meeting. I had no idea I was in the wrong meeting. So I really then started seeing these people had no clue. I'm handing out my cards to everybody. The funny part of that story was two years later, somebody hired me from that meeting because I handled it so well, wished them all a good day, walked out of there completely humiliated, but I laughed all the way out the door. So having the ability to understand. Now that was a a funny situation, obviously. But people who can hone in and have that perception, have some, there's power in it and you understand, you've got to, it's, it's a skill. This is really a natural characteristic in somebody, I think. It's a hard skill to learn. If you can't see it, you just can't. And so if you really have that problem where you're not being able to work a room well, get someone to help you with that. You, you've got to know who is around you and, and what, the, what the circumstances is. But it really is part of being really good savvy, that's for sure. you got to learn to network. There's networking and then there's networking, right? Actually, my friend Betty Clark at CPM Media says all the time, there's networking and then there's connecting. So I could go to lunch three times a day. Um, sometimes I feel like I have. Or there's really where you're connecting with somebody. And so when you're being savvy, if you are a a person who helps small business, but you are meeting with big time, large client, um, middle market bankers, that's, that's networking. It's not connecting. So you have to learn the difference a little bit and get in there. And of course, it's not who you are. It's who you know. That's just a fact in life. Effective networking goes well beyond passing out your business cards and smoozing. You know, people who possess a strong networking ability, they build friendships and they see that it's going to be beneficial for both of you. It's not about networking with a big name so you can say you network with a big name. What can you do for them and what can they do for you? Skilled networkers know when to call on others and they're willing to reciprocate. There has to be benefit between the two. Uh, The relationships have to benefit. Otherwise, it truly is just having lunch. It's not networking, connecting. So you have to invest in them and they will invest in you. Those are just various things that you can do to, to that good politically savvy people are. They think before they speak, they manage up to they manage up to a point. But then they practice influence, they hone the power of perception. 
and then they learn to network. Those are things that you have to take those five subject matters and dive into where you don't have strength. But really, those who demonstrate political intelligence, they probably have a basic strategy. Of course, I'm a CPA and I'm a practical person, so strategy is great. I love it. If it sits on a, if it's in a book that sits on a shelf, it doesn't really mean anything. So when I talk about they demonstrate political intelligence, they're actually doing something with this strategy. But these are the things that they do. They partner with their boss. Unless you have a unique and irreplaceable knowledge or a skill, which very few people do actually, your boss has much more power than you do probably. Your manager has much more access to those key decision makers. So it's better to have a boss as a cheerleader than as an adversary. And again, I go back to managing up and you find those relationships. If you really want to get to the CEO of a company or a vice president level, you're probably not going to find that by partnering with the accounts payable clerk of the company. You know, you've got to understand partnering with whether it's a customer or a prospect or in your own company, partner with the boss, the person who's up, the person who is the decision person. But at the same time, you got to be a team, a 360 team player, which, you know, what does that really mean? I think it means it's full circle. You must have a you know wide network of relationships within your organization. Missy Beheimer, who is a director at um, Bradyware, when she first came to Bradyware, which is probably 13, 14 years ago, she was a staff accountant. She kind of had started her career later in life, but she was very adamant of wanting to be a director and own a company one day. And one of the people gave her great advice young, you know, when she became a senior, she started seeing things happen. Get to know every director of Bradyware. And not just in the office you're working in, but in other offices. Because one day, you're going to need all those relationships around you. And so, you know, when it came time to vote for her to be a director, she knew everybody. She didn't work for them necessarily. She she didn't have that much interaction, but she definitely had this full circle. And on top of that, she made sure all the managers around, staff, everyone, she was a kind of a hub centralized person. The other reason you have to be a 360 team player and know kind of <laughs> everyone within your organization. I mean, our Columbus office has 30 people in it. The more you know and have relationships and, and work those rooms, guess what? You're going to have a better understanding of what's going on in the Columbus office. You're going to know the things that are happening and you won't be maybe surprised. Then when you get those circles and those teams all collaborating, you can do anything. And that's part of being politically savvy for sure. Then you have to understand the power map. Organizations are power hierarchies, right? And from time to time, those things shift. So you might have had the relationship with this person forever and ever thinking that would hold you there. Well, what happens when that person goes? I learned this early on in my career as I was, you know, trying to know more and more people. And I loved one of my partners, which was with the payroll company. And this person gave me a lot of business and I gave them a lot of business. And it was great until all of a sudden three into three years, guess what? They go on to something else like selling medical something. Well, I had no other contacts at that point to refer to me or me refer to them. And so you have to kind of understand that at some times, now that's not a hierarchy person, but everywhere you have to, if I would have known his boss, the boss would have probably brought me out one of his better reps. If I would, you know, CEOs come and go, accountants come and go, and and really you're working for the owner of the company, not the CFO. 
you have to make sure that you're understanding that power map. You know, who has the influence where you are and where you want to be and making sure that you will always leverage that things could change. So I've got to be able to change along with it. Then you have to practice subtle (laughs) self-promotion. That would not be Betty Collins. Um, I tell people about my podcast all the time. And really, if I don't, I mean, why wouldn't I promote that? I mean, I work hard at it. It takes time to do. I was at a lunch and we were with um, a table of people we didn't know. And so we're going around introducing ourselves. And so one of the women said, oh, um, or I asked her actually, I said, so how do you like being in the NABA organization? And she goes, oh, I love it. And so the person next to her said, oh, you're with NABO? And I said, yeah, I, you know, I'm on the board and I'm, I'm involved. And everyone started laughing at the table that was with me. They said, she's the president of NABO. <laughs> well, I don't know why she's not telling you that. And they all kind of laughed about it, you know. But the person I was across the table from actually was a really great connection. And, and so now I have kind of something she's going to remember by, and I gave her my card and we talked. I could have just said, yeah, I'm very involved. I love the organization and and so much so that I'm on the board and I'm, I'm the president right now, blah, 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 and, and go on into those things. So sometimes you have have to do those things and we don't always do that well of course there are those people that do it way too often and and it's very annoying (laughs) so politically savvy people can share their information but chances are they're going to self-promote and no one's it's not going to be obnoxious people are going to be good with it okay here's one and you'll go why did you even put this in here connect with the power people well the big decisions about your career you know your company or even in the community will be made by people who endorse you. It's just true. I, I made a connection the other day with someone because I was, I, a link, she's a LinkedIn friend. You know, we, we run in circles, but I've never done any business with her until she, she a, a person who was trying to get her business said, well, we have a common person that I know. And can you call her? And um, she will give me a reference. I'm not even going to tell her that I'm calling. And she, so we made this, this connection and and these were pretty, you know, high up, well, I would consider high up powerful people. I ended up now having, thank you for giving me a good reference. And by the way, here's a client for you because now I learned more about you. And the person who I'd really like to get the client that she knows now, we had a great conversation about just business in general versus other things that I, that I usually talk with her about. So those decision makers, people who will endorse you, people who will make you happen, that was just a simple thing. But in the case of your company, maybe it's your boss, you know, in your business, maybe it's getting to that bigger client or smaller ones. You know, I'd rather have 10 big clients than 100 smaller ones. It depends on what you do. But in your community, you know, it's one thing to know the city council members. It's another thing to know the mayor. You're probably going to get a lot more done when you know the mayor. You may not get to know the mayor till you know the council, though. So you have to look at both of those. But politically savvy people enjoy talking to folks who have the power, of course. It's not like sucking up and using their coattails to drag along. But the people who will endorse you... They're going to help you be politically savvy. Again, remember remember when I started this podcast, I said you don't really want to be seen as politically savvy. You just want to have it be happening. And then you got to commit to the business of the day that you do, the passion that you're doing, the, the organization that you're in. Nobody likes an apathetic attitude. <laughs> no one is ever pressed with, well, you know, I like the commercial that's out right now where they say, yeah, my French is just okay. And of course, they interpret French and it's completely wrong. 
So if you want decision makers to think well of you, you need to be pretty interested and excited in what you do. And false cheer will get you so, uh, it will only get you so far. So you have to have some politically savvy. You really got to have the, the why and the what so that the what is simple in your life. But you've got to be committed to whatever it is that you're trying to politically savvily navigate through. So knowing the rules of this unwritten, invisible world, politically savviness that no one wants to talk about. Uh, because no one wants to say they're political. It will help you gain recognition. It will help you get promotion and it will get you where you probably want to go. Here are some other things where you can think of, I'm going to be politically savvy, not sleazy, right? You find the gatekeepers. Keep your eyes and ears open. Who are the real people of influence? Who do you need to get to? Who's going to really make the difference? Often it's just like any game. You need to connect with the person who shuffles the cards. You have to be careful in that too, because you can't just try to get to the top first. I had a very interesting person in my my district ran for mayor. Anybody can run for mayor, but the person had never been on council. They had never even been in the chamber. They had never been in CVB volunteering throughout the city. It was really kind of strange. So politically savvy, you know, when we're talking about. Uh, find the gatekeeper. Sometimes you got to find before you get there. You got to listen to the coffee maker. Gossip is a bad thing, right? <laughs> it's hard. It should be anyways. But tips of information sometimes can get you right to the right person. So sometimes just again, listening, kind of when I, I talked in the beginning of think before you speak, right? Know when to be quiet. Tom Cruise is the perfect example of this in Jerry Maguire. So in the beginning, he has this epiphany, right? He writes this big story, right? He goes in and gives everybody the story, and the whole place is quiet. And within, you know, an hour of entering that office, uh, guess what? <laughs> he was walking out of that office, had a really lot of good things to say and passion that he wanted to do and influence and change. But man, he just didn't know when to be quiet really blew it as far as I was concerned. And then building strategic alliances, you know, it's not all about numbers. It's not about how many people like you on Facebook. It really is probably gathering up your own board of directors that is about your agenda, what, whatever it is to politically savvy, savvy navigate through. That's better than, um, well, I know all these people, no, and you don't really know them and, and they're liking something good for you. <laughs> and then trust your instincts, you know, learn what pushes your buttons and do it, do something about it. Navigating office politics means getting comfortable with that ambiguity, the unknowns, alliances, and authenticity. I talked about that at first. And with practice, you can decipher what is often pretty unspeakable and decide the right course of action. So I'm going to end with this statement. To be human is to be political. Inspired people help you build the right required skills to navigate, navigate politically in the organization. And so make sure that as you start this venture of, I'm going to become politically savvy, take heart, get the transcript, because I just gave you a ton of information about trying to navigate through, through being politically savvy. It's not easy to do, but it's necessary in the world you live in, probably. I'm Betty Collins. Thanks for listening today. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. Be prepared. Visit bradyware.com slash resources to download a copy of the financial checklist for every stage of your life, everything about the Inspiring Woman's podcast, this episode, and Bradyware and Company Accounting Services can be found in the podcast show notes.